Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Here's the Thing podcast at Louisville Baptist. This is our companion podcast designed to expand on the conversation that comes out of the teaching each week on Sundays here at Louisville Baptist Church in Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm here with my friends and co-workers, uh, Mr. Mark Moore, who is our tech director. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> and Pastor Gord is here as well. Good morning. Uh, it might not be morning. Might, might, but it, uh, might not be morning. But well. it is for us. So, And my name is Jeff Summers, and I'm the worship guy here. And uh, each week we try to um, revisit some points or raise some questions that may have come out of the teaching for that week or uh, out of our own thoughts and preparation and uh, hopefully uh, use some of your comments and questions as well. You're always welcome to join the conversation either on Facebook or via email. Here's the thing at louisvillebaptistchurch.com. So uh, feel free to send anything in that you might like to uh, have us investigate or discuss. Uh, you can use those channels as well. So uh, the routine that we've gotten into is just to start us off to have Gord give us a bit of a Coles Notes uh, recap of what happened or what uh, what the teaching was about this particular week. So I guess this is like the uh, last time on Guiding Light kind of moment at the beginning. <laughs> that, that's just a little creepy. I yeah, and I, say. for some reason I picked an <laughs> sort of obscure late 80s. Soap opera. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I'm too young for that. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, so, what do you think? Okay, Take Sunday we, t- we looked at Psalm 107, and Psalm 107 has a very famous line, one that's used a lot, made its way into choruses and hymns, let the redeemed of the Lord say so and uh, points out that God has gathered his people from the east, west, north, south. And then it goes into um, four pictures. And the four pictures are different, but they have commonalities. And so some wandered in the desert, some sat in darkness in chains, some were afflicted because of their own sins. Uh, It was the men who went down to the sea in ships. Uh, but all of them got into trouble, either because of their own doing or just because things were out of their control. The commonalities were they cried out to the Lord. And, um, you know, it, it, we use the quote from John Eldridge from Waking the Dead that the story of our lives is the story of the brutal assault on our hearts by the one who knows what we could be and fears it. We have all felt the sting of death, and in Psalm 107, in all four cases, they cry out to the Lord, and they are saved, restored, put back in a good place, and they uh, so they have a but-God moment, and then the result of that is they are to give thanks to the Lord. Um, they are to give thanks and sing. They are to give thanks and testify in the congregation so worship flows right out of their common experience of having felt the sting cried to god known his deliverance and therefore directed to a response Hmm. um so excuse me there's to make that point um I guess my thought was there, there, there could have been a number of psalms 
in particular that you could have chosen to deal with this topic this week? Mm-hmm. And it seems to be sort of a a transferable macro truth kind of idea. Um, was there something in particular that led you to? And maybe I'm 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 assuming too much, but it seems like you you sort of had to settle on a representative passage that says this thing that many of them say in maybe slightly different ways. Is that fair to say? And if so, why why did you choose this one? This I week? loved this one because it, it reflected something of the variety. Uh, yes, we have all felt the sting that Eldridge is talking about, the pain in the heart that comes as a result of sin, whether it's our direct rebellion against God or whether it's just... <clears throat> We live in a sinful world and things get out of control and it doesn't really matter. But I love the fact that there were four different pictures, but they had the commonality of all being brought to the place of crying out to God. They all cried out to God and saw his restoration. And then the common response in all four was then, okay, give glory to God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hmm. We talked about what redemption meant and the kinsman redeemer, the goel, and how... You know, there was one who, for a family, could ransom those who were in trouble. And, of course, it's, it's a picture. Um, God is the Goel, and Jesus Christ is our kinsman redeemer who paid the price that we would go free. But I just, I chose that because it was kind of reflective of who we are as a people. Like, we are gathered at Louisville, but if you... If you ask someone for their testimony, they would, always, they would all say that they were going along this road, there was some brokenness, there was some pain, then there was a but God moment where God answered and they're in a very different place than they were in. I just love the variety, I, I guess, is it, and, and how it gathers us into a community mm. from our various brokennesses, right. all by calling out to God and then... No one, no one gets to say, well, I'm not going to bring my worship because the instruction is let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed, then bring your worship. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just love that about it. Yeah, and I, I was thinking too about that we, there's so many sort of battles of semantics that you can get into in this topic that may or may not be helpful depending on how far they spin off into space, but I was just thinking about the idea that um, we typically try to remind people when talking about worship that this is a, a this is about God, not about us, as a, a just a general statement. Like you know, it, whether it's the focus or the content or whatever we're referring to, this is a a God focused, mm-hmm. God dominated experience. And when we make it about us, we we lose the plot. Okay, so that's point A, and then. Uh, you choose a scripture like this one, which refers to us quite a bit in the worship experience. Is So here's where I'm going with that. Is, is the idea that God and his character and what makes him worthy to be worshipped exists with or without us? And that, that's certainly one, one thing you can lean into when talking about worship and, and certainly... <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we will talk about that and that, and you could hang your hat there if you had one, one time to talk about worship. But, all, but also there's this idea that uh, 
the only access point we have to interact with that is sort of through this door of redemption of the cross of uh being freed from the separation from god of sin the let the redeemed of the lord say so kind of point that that no just to get into the room to celebrate everything that god is goes through the cross so so our worship is always gonna gonna go through that am i making any kind of sense yeah yeah sure george eldon ladd in his um introduction to the new testament said that god reveals himself understandably to man Hmm. so and now he says through history and he does but for us personally it is almost always through our brokenness Hmm. Because that's all we have. And so, yes, the cross, absolutely the cross. And the point is, uh, you know, him, but the, the place we see his glory most clearly is in the redemption of our own lives and the difference he's made to us. Right. And, but I think with Psalm 107, the point is, if, if you think you're Christian... And it's not incumbent on you to bring your best worship to God and mm-hmm. read Psalm 107 because right. you fit in one of those right. or two or three or four of them. Right. I always I, I use it when we pray here quite often just to, to maybe remind us and help let it sink in for us a bit. But I love the the line from Scripture that says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence that, that that's that's what the cross changed about worship worship mm-hmm. for us is that we can we can go in now it's like there if i'm a i'm an image guy metaphor guy so if god is in this room in a in a castle somewhere and everything about him is great and worship worthy and he's in there being god in all of his glory and we're out in the courtyard with the door closed his everything that is true about him and worth worshiping is still true behind those closed doors so to speak but what happened at the cross was he opened the door and said, you can come in now. So nothing changed about God and his character and his worthiness of being worshipped. And that's true regardless of. But the the fact that he reached out and opened the door and allowed us in, the God that's inside there and worthy to be worshipped and the act of opening the door are, are both in the conversation. Do you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and, and you know, to add on to that thought, when he opens that cross-shaped door and we step through, we are transformed mm. so that we are not like we used to be. Right. We don't come with the fear we used to have. We ha- are now changed. Right. And, and that is what enables us and <laughs> to take of, advantage of this thing. Instead of weird people yelling over a wall in the courtyard, we are now participating in a thing that is happening and that is being perfected. We are, we are in it. The glory is on us now. His glory now rests on us because we have been and are being transformed. Hmm. Uh, and the other aspect of that, Sonny, was something you and I talked about during our interview with you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd be interested in you commenting on this a little further. Sure. Was the whole fact that that this is a corporate thing. Mm. Yeah, I go through the door, you go through the door, Mark goes through the door. Uh, all of our people who have come to Christ go through that door. We're all transformed. 
and and God does it one at a time. Absolutely, we can't we can't come as a group and say you know. But that having happened, we then begin to get a glimpse of what God has in mind for His church, mm-hmm. this gathered group. Um, yeah, I, I my. I don't know if I cut off your question or if you were just no, kind of no, no. I'm just I'm just kind of cruising in for a landing there, and uh, I, for my own personal journey, just to like, I have been sort of fascinated by, and I feel like my my understanding of just how much, uh, in the context of God, comes down to relationship and community and how far reaching that is has really been the I use our phrase from last week the temperature of that has mm-hmm. been raised for me in in this recent season of my life I guess I've just started seeing it more obviously everywhere and even just the idea that, that the what we've been allowed to access in our understanding of who God is is a relationship in itself is this almost incomprehensible three in one idea, but it, it at least tells us like he himself is a relationship in some sense. He, like, he is a community. Right. So, so that, that, that picture, if you, if you put those lenses on, you start to see it everywhere. It's the car that you buy and then you see them all over the road kind of thing. So, so there, there has been that happening for me. And when I, you apply that to worship, it, it's, certainly jumps out off the page to me and I, and I spoke a little bit about some of the the things that I see that applying to in our context but if we're to go back and really beat up that go through the door analogy it's I I don't think there's it's not a whole bunch of people going through a whole bunch of doors mm-hmm. into a, another room by themselves on the either side it's a bunch of people and then a bunch of people in the room. Now that the again, <laughs> metaphors will break down eventually if you squeeze them hard enough. But mm. but there is a sense that like we all have to go through the door one at a time, you know, on our own. It's a it's a one person sized door, but it's the same door for everybody. For everybody, and, and we are all in this group together on the other side. And let me pound down on this a little more. Sure. It's a it's a cross shaped door, door door. Right. We can't ever lose sight of that. Right. That I don't get to to go through a door on my own. I get to go through a door that Jesus Christ opened with His blood on the cross. Mm-hmm. And 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 when I do, I can feel even alone or lonely going through the door. But it's instantaneous. I'm not alone. Right. There's a crowd on the other side of the door. Right. And we are all called, all of us who've been redeemed, to say so. Yeah. And the the option does not exist to be like, I'm going to go over in this room by myself. I, I got a couple of buddies, and we're going to go into the room, and we, we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up with you later, or maybe we won't. Right. And you guys are all hypocrites, and and you're imperfect anyway. So we're going to be over here, like there's yeah, there's right. no room for any of that. And right? what, what I wouldn't want people to hear us saying is that you know personal worship is not possible, or you can't worship without a group, or whatever. Like uh, I, I I hope and assume where what we're driving at. <laughs> gets gets home it, we're just we're talking about the compulsion to remain together as a group and to continue meeting together and to figure it out together and that that corporate worship is is not just necessarily a, a 
a cultural phenomenon or a convenient thing. It's it that expression is is something that makes us who we are. See, if I was going to pick a companion New Testament piece to go along with Psalm 107 and preach them together or one after the other, I would go to John 17 where Jesus prays. And what does he pray for? He prays that we will be one mm-hmm. even as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. Right. Because that's, that's what he's looking for. That's where we're going, right? Yeah. And so the worship needs to reflect that. Mm-hmm. I can I can worship and I do worship. I worship in my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, eyes closed and hands raised is a little difficult, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know when I'm sitting home and uh, you know the computer's playing worship stuff and I can worship. Absolutely, I can. But that does not reflect the reality of the church, the way corporate worship does. Right, it's not the whole picture. Yeah. I feel like Louis Giglio somewhere is getting a spidey sense tingling because we're we're talking about this door thing so much the the door holders idea. If yeah. you don't know what I'm referring to or who Louis Giglio is, you could go Google him. He's a pastor at Passion City Church in Atlanta, and all of his church volunteers are called door holders instead of mm. volunteers. And it comes out of that passage that says, "Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere." And I'd rather be a door holder in your kingdom yeah. than have any other job anywhere else. So it's, it's interesting stuff. But So um, can, I, can I shift our direction a little? Sure. We talked some um, on Sunday about the role of tech in all of that. Mm-hmm. Because some people will say, well, when we're together, the music's too loud. Uh, it's most definitely too loud. Most definitely too loud. You know, their lighting issues, whatever. And so in a very real way, our tech folks, who are excellent, get drawn into that. It's not just about what we choose for music, the musicians who play and the leader who leads. Very much it becomes about the tech. Right. I I just interject and say when you say some people will say I... I can only assume you mean somewhere else. Cause yeah, because we're we're not. That's not right. Yeah, <laughs> I, it it's it's funny, but like I can't. I think I feel like we have done a fairly good job at trying to communicate to our people what we're doing, and this is a farther expansion of that. But <clears throat> I mean, I've I've done sound at quite a few different churches, and the experience always um, varies compared to ours. I've Got my handful of complaints on silly stuff, in my opinion, whatever. But um, I feel like our, a lot of our people get it and what we're trying to do. And I think we do a pretty good job at it, too. Not to and I think them. there would be some more who would get it after Sunday mm. and mm-hmm. what Sonny had to say about why we do what we do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and why we do it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I think... Um yeah, I think we learned, we referred to this a week ago, I think, um, but we learned early on some tough communicational lessons about this area, and and I, I hope that we learned enough to, to try to uh, bring people along and not assume they understand why you might make a particular choice or not, and and even down to, and this is some of what we talked about this Sunday, is how nuts and bolts decisions like 
environment and volume and song choice and uh, all of that kind of stuff, like lighting environment and all of those kind of things, actually, first of all, that that we uh, consider them from a particular standpoint, that they're not arbitrary or haphazard or whatever, and that they are tied back to the vine, so to speak. They do go back to the bigger why questions. They are tied to the the theological and even and certainly philosophical sort of mission type stuff and that our uh our when you say tech like there it's all part of our team certainly and and each as much as a guitar player or keyboard player or a singer or a leader or whatever that group and their choices all matter as far as it, i <laughs> if our tech team doesn't ma- I guess the short way of saying is it doesn't matter what we do and how much we work on what's going to happen on stage if the tech team has other ideas they get the last they get the final say right like if they're you know it, it, the greatest band in the world is in in a in a larger room is not going to circumvent the worst tech in the world yeah i I try to i try to help instill confidence in people too by i feel that my role when i'm mixing on the sound console for people who don't understand that's what mixing means um is how could you be so condescending i don't listen it's just my it's just my demeanor i think that's what it is I look very grumpy on a Sunday morning, sometimes just because I'm not awake yet. You can still say hi. <coughs> or bring me a coffee. I mean, I don't mind. Ooh, now we're going to make requests. Oh, yeah. Sponsored okay. by. Request a fiesta. <laughs> but, yeah, so my, I fi- I, my role is to help the band express themselves in whatever they're playing in the best way possible. So for me to be paying attention to how loud a guitar is at a certain part or how loud drums are at a certain part or you know, who, who's, who's leading the song, right? Like there's, I've gotten before, um, you know, oh, I can't hear this person singing or I can't hear this person singing. I was like, well, if they were, if I turned them off, you'd miss them. But just because you can't necessarily hear them on top of everything else, like that's not a bad thing. That's, that's a mixed choice from my position to help um, whoever's leading the song lead it in the best way possible because it's not, it's not a performance from stage. I'm not gonna, if we have five vocalists on stage, which thankfully we don't most of the time because it's a nightmare to mix, but um, they're not all going to be the same volume because that's distracting. And then people just start listening and they're not able to sing themselves because all they're doing is paying attention to, oh, there's a seven-part harmony going on and it's beautiful. It is beautiful, but that's not the point. Well, I think you said an important word there, which we use a lot. I My mantra is that worship leading is about distraction management mm-hmm. that that's the entire scope of your job is to curate the focus and keep it where it's supposed to be the entire time and have every choice that you make um i don't know what, how you want to say it help you know lift that help it rise up to meet where that focus is supposed to be so a musical choice that enhances mm-hmm. focus that gives people a resource like if if somebody is in i don't know what the image would be here is like you're trying to hand the person the tools they need to keep doing the job they're doing mm-hmm. and if if they reach out for a knife and you put a rubber chicken in their hand <laughs> then yep. that, that you've you've distracted from what's mm-hmm. going on so every musical choice we make lighting choice we make audio choices or whatever they're 
we're trying to ride that line of adding to it without tipping over into making the focus us. And that can come from the the good side. And mm-hmm. we go, we take the creativity and whatever just a little bit too far so that the focus goes on the people instead of the experience. And that right. can be a mistake that can happen or, mm-hmm. or incompetence can do that too. If you're, if you're really, really nervous or unprepared or, or not skilled enough to pull off what you're doing, that, that ultimately can be a distraction. And that's where excellence kind of comes in. Mm. It's, it's, it's not because we want you to be good enough to be cool or to meet some kind of standard that we've set. It's, you need enough competence to keep the distraction level to a minimum. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that little bum notes that happen or paper shuffling or nervous transitions or stuff don't take us out of where we're we're all trying to go together, right? Focus wise, and I, I I've always found it interesting to talk to you, Mark, about how active you are in participating and watching and experiencing what's going on in the room mm-hmm. as as a, you know a worship mm-hmm. experience is happening, and if 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 you're aware of people's engagement in a particular time that you you're really trying to, I mean, it's it this is a this is a level. A, a top 10% level of subtlety that maybe mm-hmm. that hopefully nobody even notices, but everybody experiences, but right. that you're trying to, to say, to make adjustments to meet where the room mm-hmm. is going. And then if there's a, a big sort of celebration, emotional kind of moment happening and that, that a little more volume support would, mm-hmm. would be the, you know, the natural reaction to that. Or if there's a, a, a subtle contemplative moment happening or whatever that you're, mm-hmm. You're not just sitting there with your eyes closed listening and saying, what do I want to hear? That you're in the room experiencing it and trying to meet and to take it all back that you're, you're, you're focusing on the same thing that we all are. We're all trying to do the same job is to curate focus, manage distraction and enable people's worship experience. So I've always found that interesting. That yeah, I find um, I, <clears throat> I feel like I know I'm doing a good job when um, – uh, I don't really get any comments. Like when people just walk out and either, the, you know, I can tell, you know, there's either people praying up front or they're just kind of doing it. And it's not necessarily people come back and tell me that it sound good, but they say like, you know what, I feel like I really experienced God today. And for me, that makes me feel like, okay, I'm I'm pushing in the right direction. You're the referee of the experience. Yeah. Like the refs do a good job when nobody is talking about yeah, the, the refs. Well, yeah, the when they're, the they're game, invisible. Right? Yeah. And, and, and you're right, it is a lot of subtle, if... It's a win for me if nobody notices what I'm doing. So, but if someone says, "Oh man, like that guitar solo was really, really good today," or whatever, something like that, that in my head is like, "Okay, that was too loud. I need to, I need to fix that next time." And it's, um, I do spend a lot of time thinking about and 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 looking at the room. So if if you're sitting in the back someday and you see me walk out, I'm not walking out because I'm trying to be, you know, stand in the middle and make people notice me. I'm trying to, you know, because it sounds different all all over the room. So it's very important for me to walk around within the audience and make sure that stuff isn't sticking out too much. Or, you know, mm. if, son, if your vocal is really hot on one side as opposed to the other side, and I need to, like, it's, it's, it's very much trying to, uh, yeah, like you said, minimize minimize distractions. Yeah, and this is the kind of, sorry, this is the kind of discussion that if you were to parachute in on, and be like, oh, this is a worship-related podcast, and you jump into the middle of this conversation, you would you would think that we had lost the plot, and rightfully so, if if this is all we talked about. But but this is like I say, this is the 
the the far reaching extremities that this thing touches when you understand the gravity of the center of this wheel like that we we get out into we allow this the importance of this thing and the the mission of a corporate worship expression and what it means and all of that stuff to reach so far as to all of these tiny little nuts and bolts seemingly unimportant decisions that that they're they're if they all weigh if you can if you can grab one and use it to your advantage even if it only adds two points to your whole experience that that's that the way i look at it is i want to I want to incorporate every possible thing and do a good job at every possible small thing to to help add to that curation and focus thing. That mm-hmm. one. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I was I was, I was just going to say just to add on to that kind of a thing. And um, <clears throat> whenever I teach or do a seminar on sound for other churches and stuff, I try to I try to build their tech team up by saying. Um, how important you are to everything else mm-hmm. and not to make it seem like you're just a guy pushing buttons because I've, I know lots of guys who are really tech savvy, but they can't mix a can of paint, right? Like they, they, they just aren't musically there. And if you're not, and you're just pushing buttons, it's, it, it completely, it completely de- defeats the purpose. You know, I'm not to trying to make myself sound important but i feel that i'm as important as people who are on stage because if i mess up what i'm doing and i hit a wrong note per se you know by pushing something too loud or not loud enough Mm -hmm. then that's just as bad as somebody playing playing a bad note on stage or you know like taking off and i'm going to play guitar solo or being really too busy and then it's you know it's and you see coming back i remember you and i having the conversation 17 years ago now Uh almost 16 and a half years ago when we were just going to start talking about transitioning things one of the things we said was we weren't going to put anyone on stage before they were ready and people would say oh well you're musical snobs well no it's not about that it's all about minimizing the distraction Mm -hmm. because you have someone who doesn't know what they're doing and maybe they feel nervous and maybe they then they can distract from what's going on and we hear about that in churches and then when we talk now, when we, when we do our worship team training and we say there's not going to be any flashy solos, there's not going to be any drumstick spinning because it's all about him. And, you know, if you do that, people may enjoy it, but then it's a distraction and has it distracted us from what is our single priority, which is to make him feel loved, honored, and adored. Yeah, and it, it that doesn't say, like, they're, that can make it seem like it's a really, well, I don't know, serious or somber or, uh, I guess what I would say is I, I could see somebody hearing comments that we have just made and then pointing out the fact that I, I can have a bit of casualness to my leading and even have some humor in there and that, that sort of thing. And, and say those two things don't jive. And Mm -hmm. I, I guess what I would say to that is that it, it speaks to the family aspect is like acknowledging Mm -hmm. that we are all here and we're Mm -hmm. all together and we're all in a room and we know each other and, Oh, Hey, uncle Bill Mm -hmm. has things with your car that you were working on that kind of Mm -hmm. image that this is a group gathering around a table almost, but also, it's it's sort of the I try to look at things in a in a macro sense. Where is this whole journey going? And sometimes 
uh, I guess the preaching example would be if the scripture and, and pulling that scripture apart and teaching what it says is the goal, but you take uh, a secondary path to tell a story about growing up near a ship in Cape Breton that is not doesn't have anything to do with that scripture on the face of it but when the road bends back and there's there's a moral of the story that unlocks that scripture because it was an illustrative picture or whatever then that becomes valuable to the the macro expression so so some of that some of those things i think we can they get captured into this entire journey of curating focus and sometimes uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if, if if I went down a road that nobody else was going down anyway. but No, but if I, if I could offer one more thought, mm-hmm. it's that uh, to anyone who either worships with us or worships in their own local church or someone who's who's trying to lead, don't don't read in motives <laughs> to excellence or to sound mixing or to lighting, or to, un- until you've checked why. Right. Because it's there's probably more going on than you think. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really helpful for our folks on Sunday because I've had people tell me it was really helpful to hear that explanation because now I don't view any of the things the same anymore. Right. And people go from listening with a critical ear to listening with, if I can say it, an encouraging ear, Uh cheering on, wanting it to go well, Mm -hmm. because all of it is about him being the focus. And And it's like golf, you know, to hit one golf shot right (laughs) takes a lot of things to go right. And I think it's the same in worship. There are a lot of elements to yeah. simply lifting up the name of Jesus. And I would I know we're we're pushing time but that made me think of something that while well, I have the chance to say I wanted to visit the idea that we as a team I, we just talked a lot about how hard we work at thinking about all of these elements and making these choices and asking people to give us the credit about why we make them and that kind of stuff but the other side of that coin is I need to acknowledge that it We've we've said it a hundred times already, and a few more. But that is a tension that you manage, and not a problem that you solve. Yep. And we don't get it right every time. Oh, definitely not. And we have challenges, both human and otherwise, that that make it tough. We have, you know, it, it, there's some stuff that we have a limited budget, and we have the the technology that we have available to us, and we do our best with what we have. And mm-hmm. sure, some. Some strategic purchases might make that easier, but that's not how things work in a church. And yeah, we're it, we are in a uh, cinder block gym that was never designed <laughs> to, to be a do worship what we space. do in it. And yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we we have done a pretty good job at getting it where it needs to be, but it comes with its own challenges. And we have a team full of humans that, at the end of the day. Um, there, there's going to be some some ebb and flow there, and I'm the first one to say I I do it regularly. Where either uh, from a competence standpoint, I don't meet up and I make a mistake and I take people out of it focus wise, and and I'm I I have to be open to the idea that that will continue to happen the rest of my life, or I would have no, to quit. Really? Yeah. But I had a, I had a week a few weeks ago where I wanted to just go home and not come back because I had just one of those <laughs> days where I picked. 
I, I you're allowed one a year. It's okay. There was a lot going on, and I was trying to keep ahead in my mind of what's going where, and I picked the wrong fret with my capo twice in one day. And and if you know anything about music, about as soon as you start playing a song in a different key than the rest of the band, like if <laughs> there's a lot of confused faces on stage. If you weren't, uh, <laughs> if that didn't distract you, then you are you're a robot. But yeah. but that I mean that was as recent as like four weeks ago. So but you know what the good news is. I hear that the sound levels and lighting are perfect in heaven. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what I hear. Yeah. And even even just some of those choices, like I said, about uh, transitions and, like, introducing humor and whatever else, I, I sometimes you step in it and you, you make a choice that isn't the best one as far as focus goes. But the grace that we have been afforded in this place that I hope will continue, that people are generally don't feel like an us and them thing. They feel like we are representatives of them and that all we are, we are all on the same journey with the same goal here is makes it just that, that much better of a safer space to do right. what we do. And I appreciate it. And I hope to, for my part, foster that going forward. And, and safeguard I hope it, it. I hope safeguard it, it safeguard sure it. That, yeah. So I guess we are pretty much up against what we have agreed together to be approximately our time limit and uh that was a fun conversation it went some interesting and different ways and a lot of those ways i feel like we could do a whole episode just on one question so i hope it wasn't that didn't give anyone whiplash the way we jumped around from topic to topic but i think this is going to be a fun series to continue to do this with and uh appreciate your input and thoughts and mark i can only assume you're going to have six to ten coffees to choose from this Sunday after everyone hears your specific request. I will share the wealth if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and looking forward this week, Gord, you're going to have another little interview scenario, and we have uh, Tim Milner with us yep. this week. Is that right? Looking forward to that. We're going to have a look at uh, Isaiah mm -hmm. chapter 6, which is a common, a common text to look at. But it's the Keanu Reeves passage, right? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we better get out of here before I make it worse. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's leave it right there. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. Take care.